in a world where high technology and devastating destruction was a way of life, where the fate of an entire star system could rest on the outcome of a single battle, one group of gritty, hardened mech warrior veterans would change the lives of millions of people. This summer, one podcast will rise above all the others. No Guts, No Galaxy, the Battletech Mech Warrior podcast. And it starts right now. No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. This episode of the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast is brought to you by the Emerald Riders. Lawyers, guns, and money. Nothing says experience better. If you aim to misbehave, look no further than the Emerald Riders. They have what you need. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. That's No Galaxy MechWare Podcast number 34. My name is Phil, and I'll be your host, not drinking tonight. It is June 20th, 2012, and my shout-out is going to go to our web guru, Adam, a.k.a. Seth. He flies the Jade Falcon tags, unfortunately. We all have our issues, though, in life. But I want to say thank you, man. You've been doing a great job behind the scenes, and all of you listeners are going to find out when he uh we go live with the changes to the website so uh keep an eye out it is happening we've been doing all the testing getting it ready so darren who do you have tonight uh this is darren also known as bombadil my shout outs tonight go to my family and to all of our international listeners we have a lot of them brandon who do you have hello this is brandon also known as catrick hell and my shout outs today go to my friends uh whoever made the fan that is sitting behind me because i really need it and of course the live studio audience Awesome. Greg? I'm all alone. You have no friends? No. I'll I guess I'll give a shout out to 10 Evening News because they're awesome and should probably do more Battletech coverage coming up soon, maybe. George, who do you have tonight? Uh, my shout out goes out to the Emerald Riders because they have what you need. Ooh. And also, I'd like to thank uh, all of our live studio audience. We have guys. Uh, they're pretty flexible in their time when you guys can show up, so we appreciate you guys being here. And, of course, to everyone else who's listening to the podcast. And hopefully we can make this as exciting as last week's without <laughs> the alcohol. Okay. Sorry, that made me spit my juice here. Yeah, I just listened to it, so I don't know if that's going to happen. But uh, anyway, it is time for the No Guts, No Galaxy News, founded in 2011, reporting in 3049. And now for the news. 
If you'd like a unit sponsorship or recruitment ad, go to our website at NoGutsNoGalaxy.net. Make a donation of any amount, then email me at Bombadil at NoGutsNoGalaxy.net with the message you'd like us to say, and we'll get it up there. Are you part of a unit uh, participating in the upcoming MechWarrior Online, MechWarrior Living Legends, MW4, etc.? Any other Battletech-related type of group? If so, reserve your spot on the No Guts, No Galaxy Outreach TeamSpeak 3 server today. Server information is located on our website. Uh, Once logged on, contact Phil, Alex G., or myself, Bombadil, for assistance in getting set up. Our international listeners this week are actually identical to last week, so I'm just going to go over it really quick. At number five, we have Portugal. Number four, Canada. Three, Japan. Two, Australia. And staying at number one, Germany. All right, tonight's community spotlight, uh, his name is Rudy, uh, a.k.a. Short Painter. Um, Phil actually knows him uh, a lot better than I do, so I'm going to let him take over on this spotlight. All right, now, I actually had someone point um, Rudy out before, you know, um, in an email saying, hey, you guys should spotlight him. It just so happened I had already done an interview with him. It's just we were waiting for the right time. Um, he goes by Short Painter. Uh, you guys would know him if we can have. Yep, looks like someone's already linked his DeviantArt and the MWO uh, art section thread he started. Um, some info about him. Uh, he's 35. He's from Austin, Texas. And there's some pretty cool information uh, about him. He just graduated in December uh, from, let me get this right, from with his bachelor's in 3D animation and uh, game design. And he actually utilizes that sort of knowledge. So what he'll do is he'll like block out a design and then just start sketching using Photoshop and stuff. And he creates this artwork that way. But one of the unique things about him is um, he got into MechWarrior because of Crescent Hawk's Inception. Wow. It, it, I guess the story goes is he had the manual and just you know saw these machines and robot things and he just started sketching them so started pretty early on when he was the the mech on the front box i believe was the locust and it was actually a really cool version of the locust yeah so he just started sketching and started doing some of the unseen and uh like i said his inspiration was actually to make something work and it wasn't just to make the mechs look good it was to make them work mechanically and that's one of the things you'll notice about its artwork is you can see the joints you can see how things would move in a fluid way now that's something uh, you in particular appreciate right i mean that's something that you've incorporated into your 3d modeling and something that you're kind of a stickler about yeah i mean you gotta think um I don't like the robotic, uh, just sort of stiff movements we see in a lot of animation when it comes to mechs in general, um, because especially in MechWarrior, I mean, if you follow the lore, um, you know, battle mechs have muscles, they have joints, they have actuators, and it basically mimics human skeletal system in a way, and sometimes bird, birds and whatnot, and. Um, you know, it's one thing to just do something to make an animation of walking and running or whatever, but um, his objective was to bring it to life, and that was uh, his words exactly. Some other inspirations were actually uh, Alien, uh, Ridley Scott movies, obviously, and H.R. Uh, Geiger, uh, I believe I pronounced that correctly. If you two are Google those names, obviously you should know who Ridley Scott is. By the way, Prometheus movie. 
his favorite timeline uh, and time frame in BattleTech was actually around the 3025 to 3067, which actually covers pretty much BattleTech unless you get into the Dark Age, which obviously jumps ahead quite a bit. His critiques, he actually posts up his sketches on these uh, MW forums and stuff, and he usually likes to get feedback. Um, and he's actually been challenged recently uh, a few mechs uh, off the top of my head, like the was it the Duan Gong or whatever? It looks horrible. The the Arctic, uh, what was it, Arctic Fox or something? Some of these designs, like you know, the Tiro looks horrible. God forbid you're introduced to BattleTech by someone showing you those artwork. And anyways, he's already started to do a few uh, uh, sketch-ups and designs from there. So do you have any favorites as far as, uh, like, if we're looking here at this MWO thread that he's created, any uh, any of those mechs, something you really like? I love all of his designs except one, and that's the Charger itself. I've already told him that I think it's too square, blocky. I would say he's a really damn good artist, and I would even put him on par with Shimmering Sword and FD because he has his own style you know it's not um and i hate this because i see a lot of artists posting and uh, critiques and they're like well it's not like fd it's not like this fd is an amazing artist but why can't there be other styles and that's one of the things i think he's really done is he has created his own style he's it's a improved tro look and uh when he starts to do uh you know his paintings and stuff it just sort of comes out and you can see it from his DeviantArt account he's got other stuff which is he's got really a unique mech on there that looks amazing yeah that's what i was going to bring up he, he did a very interesting take on the herbie yeah yeah he did Even although though... it looks less like a mobile trash can so i don't know how i feel about <laughs> that it might look too good for an urban mech huh yeah yeah that, it actually looks like something you'd take out i also <laughs> really like his archer uh, it's on the second page of that thread um, now, you know, normally I don't like anything that's not uh, the unseen version, typically, but there's something about his archer that looks really cool. It's just kind of badass looking. I think the Marauder looks pretty badass. His Locust mm-hmm. looks amazing. Um, and it's one of the things I really appreciate about his artwork, and actually I work with him quite a bit on the side. Um, can't talk about it, but his favorite mech game, Mech 3, um, you know, he just sort of loved the, the storytelling and the novel, uh, or it was, you know, the based on the novel, and he loved the story. And uh, he sort of enjoyed the shifting of technology in the PC. You know, things were starting to go from, I would say, the 3D world, and that's one of the things we talked about. But uh, he's an amazing artist. He's actually doing some contract work, uh, trying to get out there in the industry. And, uh, you know, good luck to him. If you'd like some artwork done by him or, you know, anything like that, just like Shimmering Sword or FD, um, hit him up for a commission, and uh, I do know he's doing other stuff in the background to move forward in the BattleTech. Uh, I would say work community. Yeah, uh, officially and unofficially. Yeah, I mean he's. I totally agree with you. Number one, we need uh, variety. We can't just have everybody copy uh, flying debris or whatever. That'd be stupid. Uh, and number two, um, I definitely agree that he's in that uh, level of artist. Uh, that would be with Shimmering Sword and Flying Debris that we should definitely support them in every way we can if you've got uh, spare money, you got a project, whatever commission these guys because uh, that way they stick around they keep creating this amazing artwork He's got more than just mechs on here too he's got the McKenna and it looks like some camera class in a 3D render spaceships 
Yeah, like, and he's got fucking he's got more artwork actually. Um, some of it he can't post due to his what he's doing in the background and stuff. So he's even doing even more. So his time's pretty limited. And I just want to say, congratulations, Rudy. He's getting married this weekend. Um, I for, totally forgot to mention that. And his soon-to-be wife. So congratulations, enjoy right the honeymoon. And uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you after you listen to this in a few weeks. Yeah, congrats from NGNG. Well done. All right, got a couple uh, local tabletop groups that uh, want to get their the word out there that they got their games going. So first one is Mike, also goes by Frantic Pride. Uh, his game is located in Miami, Florida. Um, we'll have some contact info in our show notes uh, when the episode goes live. Second one is uh, Gustavo Barona, I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, he runs a game at 6 p.m. at the Adventure Game Store in Davie, Florida. That's also South Florida, so maybe um, Mike and Gustavo can hook up. But uh, we'll have that contact info in the show notes as well. Florida's blowing it up. I know. What's going on with that? Got to get some uh, Midwest, some West Coast. Let's get some more people in there. And on that uh, note, if you're playing a tabletop game in your area and you're looking for more players or uh, if you want to start one in your area, whatever... We'd love to announce it here for free, just like we just did. So email us your uh, information to localgames at nogutsnogalaxy.net, and uh, we'll get it up there. Also, remember, send us your pictures. And finally, funding for this podcast is brought to you by you. This is a listener-supported podcast, and your donations keep us on the air and pay for such things as hosting, TeamSpeak 3 equipment, software, prizes, and other projects. Currently, all donations, after costs, of course, are going to the Shimmering Sword Project. And that's the news, Phil. All right, guys, book of the month discussion we've got next week is Warrior on Guard by Michael A. Sackpole. Don't forget to read up. I am actually need to finish the book. Like I said, I'd never read it before. And uh, even though I'd have owned it for a few years, getting caught up. So make sure you're up to date so we don't have any spoilers for you. Are you uh, partway through or are you going to cram like in the last few days? Well, I've got a – I started the novel, um, but I've got a good – it to go i think yeah look over there yeah cramming then all right guys and now on to mech the week it's not just filler it's all killer and now this week's mech of the week oh yeah we've got public demand of this particular mech and it was up to you guys to vote you did you want to do a different one are you good with this one no, I'm good. Um, I think it's unique that we chose this, and I think that, well, I shouldn't say we, that the public, but, uh, you know, it's it's a newer design, and it wasn't really introduced till, um, I believe, Mech 3. Um, actually, I'm pretty sure, yeah, it was Mech 3. Uh, the Bushwhacker, for all of you bushwhacking <laughs> people out there. <laughs> Be careful, um, don't get caught. Yeah, I know, right? So, some, you know, background info on it. Um, oh, and for our audience members who are drinking unit, I'm not. So, whatever. <laughs> 55 tons. Uh, it actually moves at a pretty quick pace for its size, 86 kph. Uh, an AC-10, an ER large laser, two machine guns, and the dual LRM-5s. Now, this was introduced in 3053, so it has... Obviously, a little bit higher technology than some of the mechs we've covered in the past. Um, that's why it's able to move so fast, have a lot of armor, and the weaponry it has. 
Um, this particular variant, though, or this particular design, it was developed earlier on, but it actually, as part of the lore, had issues with the uh, engine shielding, and so it never went in full-blown production until uh, some of the clan tech was... Um, the design specs for the Mad Dog, aka Vulture, were actually captured, and then it solved some of the issues. So it was actually based off of clan technology. Just suckier. <laughs> well, one of the it, things... It had to be said. No, I mean, it's one of those... Uh, the Bushwhacker is actually... Um, it's supposed to go up against heavier mechs, hold them, and then, you know, uh, reinforcements arrive. And then that's actually done really well. Um, it's a damn deadly mech just because it's a low-profiled mech. If you look at some of the TROR and even, what, Mech 3 and even MWL, I mean, it's it's one of those things, if you're not paying attention or if you don't put enough firepower on it, it's up in your face. But as far as the tabletop's concerned, I've actually... N- never used this in the tabletop have you guys i have not and you know what i was just going to say um really my introduction to this mech and what made me fall in love with it as a mech was uh mech warrior living legends um it's just a total workhorse um for its size its armor's good the the weaponry is very is varied like we've talked about before you know it's kind of got a a weapon for whatever job it's got the machine guns for infantry lrms and large laser for uh, long range stuff and the ac 10 to you know pack a punch i i really appreciate the kind of the uh jack of all trades of this mech yeah and then the other variants actually either uh, for instance, the X2 drops the Yarl large and puts more missiles, and then you have the L1, which actually drops long range and goes um, the LBX um, LBX20. And so, it's a pretty versatile mech. It's based on um, the OmniTech technology, uh, OmniMech, OmniTech. Um, so yeah, I, it's expensive though. That's another thing with the ferrofibrous armor, with the case, with the XL engine, with the you know, extended range uh, weaponry in the LBX. I mean, you're looking at just the the X1 is like 9.8 million in C bills, which is pretty damn expensive. So, you know, it's. Uh, I'd rather have two enforcers or two centurions than one of these. That mm. may be said. Um, you know, it'd be interesting is if we do see it in MWO down the road. I want to see their design because. I've always felt like it's supposed to be really low to the ground, like the original Tiro artwork. And you remember this in the uh, the cartoon? They even had this one, and they had the little toy model. It was, like, really low, right? How then, dare you bring up the cartoon? What? The cartoon was great, dude. What <laughs> I don't think we watched the same cartoon. Well, I mean... That was painful. Do you ever that was watch, horrid. Like, movies? It's like a... C-rated cartoon, all right. But I'm oh, sorry, that's worse than Robot Jocks. C-rated? <laughs> Does that mean like crap-rated? Oh. Either or. I mean, but hey, it's BattleTech. I mean, come on. When I was a kid, I wanted all the uh, toy models. I mean, it is what it is, right? Robotech is greater than BattleTech cartoon. It is, but again, BattleTech. It was a bad time. Anyways, yeah. uh, great mech. Check it out. I'm actually, next time we play Mega Mech, uh, I'm going to utilize it just because. And, uh, yeah. So, the Bushwhacker, it's now in the past. We're moving on. Community questions. Our first question we actually have from an Aces member. And uh, his name is Morgan Kerensky. So, uh, he brought this up in a discussion. And 
apparently he posted it for a question. And he says, I mentioned this to Phil, that's me, uh, but this may be a good discussion. With all the activity that sprung up from MWO, your podcasts, blogs, other Battletech-related items like the mech specs and the wikis, do you think that Tops will revise what they're doing with the Battletech franchise? And perhaps sell it off to more interesting party. I haven't heard of any new Battletech books or anything being done lore-wise. The tabletop could use some loving too, I hear. Well, first of all, we, did, we sprung up from MWO. I, that's crazy. We we didn't spring up from that. Mm. I think you meant the podcast. <laughs> no, I know. I'm joking. Of course we did. Um, I think a lot of these answers or questions could be answered if we could ever get uh, Randall Bills on the show. <laughs> oh, you mean... Randall Bill's the one who contacted us and never yes. got back with us. That guy. Well, we've had a, uh, the biggest challenge getting him on, but yeah, him. Uh, I think he could definitely give us some answers as far as novels and the tabletop. But I totally agree. Um, now is the time. You know, this is this. Uh, I don't know. Don't call it a comeback, but it is. This is a well, Mech Warrior BattleTech comeback. What do they been do? Been here for years. <laughs> well, what do they do? As far as novels. What do they do as far as the series? I mean, do they accept the Dark Age as part and continue on from the Dark Age? Do they go back to 3067? Retcon it. You know, like... Dark Age never existed. We should just forget about it. Alternative Pick universe. from the... Uh, the <laughs> yeah, like Star Trek. And let's see what happens. Actually, I wouldn't mind an alternative universe now that I mention it. Well, you know what? One thing that I feel is that there's so many mercenary units and so many different things that could be covered in the same... Uh, time frame that the novels have taken place in that just haven't you know been created yet. Let's hear about some of the other units and some of the other uh, people that maybe haven't brought up. I think it would be super easy to add to the universe without having to do an alternate timeline or anything. And the pacing of it too. Um, I mean, granted, it was over the course of years, um, as far as in our world when the novels came out. But they could even slow down the pace. I mean, uh, even if they retell. You know, from 3067, and they continue forward, they can slow down the pace a little bit and put perspective and, and focus on mercenary units. And um, like we mentioned in the past, why not through MWO? Maybe there's a competition that says, you know, hey, tournament or something going on, your unit would be uh, written about by, you know, Michael A. Stackpole or one of the other art authors in a new novel. You know, so it's one of those where. There's a lot of things out there, and hopefully we can get Randall on here to uh, answer some of that. There yep, are yep. a lot of, um, you know, even if they don't extend the timeline beyond 67, which I hope they do, but as long as they don't skip too far ahead, so we feel like we're missing out. There's a lot of subject matter that wasn't really gone into that could be. Like, what was life like on the inner sphere worlds occupied by the clans? What about the resistance movements there? Now, their story hasn't really been told, and, and there's other similar battles that could be uh, told through the eyes of their commanders or grunts. I, yeah, I agree. There's tons of potential content that it, everything was just kind of rushed through. Not probably on purpose, but it just was. And they could easily go back and get some really good stories, I think. Yeah, so good question. Let's move on to our next one. But okay, Wait, wait. Before you do, can I just ask a quick question out of my own ignorance? <laughs> um, have there been novels that focused on or uh, really told much of a story of this whole Comstar thing? Because I, I well, was, I've sort of been looking into it and I was like fascinated by the, by the whole Comstar concept. So, well, Comstar yes. 
Yeah, yeah. In general, yes. And actually, it started really early because in, even in the uh, trilogy of the Great Eth Legion, uh, you know, in the last one that we were reading about, you already see where the fingers are in everything. Comstar is working in the background, and then throughout the other novels, I mean, throughout all of them, basically, you get a feeling of their webs. But was but was there any stories written where Comstar? It was like from a Comstar point of view. In other words, the characters. Yeah, were part I mean, of them. yeah, some Anastasia's Fox comes to mind. They, yeah. they are the major antagonist in several uh, series. Yeah, it's not Protect. just like they talk about sort of. them. Kind of. Dark Age had an sort of, entire, yeah. um, as much as people harp on Dark Age, but Dark Age had an entire uh, trilogy set with a Comstar main person. Interesting. Catch okay. well, Let's not speak and, of it. And you got to think, you mentioned Comstar, um, but then you also have to throw in their Word of Blake, and there was... Um, different perspective different characters that you got to know and uh motives and all that but that's uh that's a good question i mean anyway so we gotta move on uh time will tell and obviously if we get more questions we'll uh, discuss them but elemental specialist asks what mechs would you like to see implemented early in the mwo besides ones already announced darren can only answer if there's something other than the warhammer huh. sorry darren. Um, all right wow uh I want to see the Grasshopper, uh, point blank. I want to see mechs that Random. we haven't seen. Uh, I mean, it's. So I don't want to see, yes, I want to see the Timberwolf and all those stuff and all the iconic IS mechs like the Bushwhacker and stuff. But I want to see the mechs that we haven't seen, you know, the ones that are always talked about in the novels, the, uh, you know. So, yeah, Grasshopper. What about you, Brandon? Thorn. I don't know what it is about the mech, but I love it. All right, Greg? I'd kind of like to see the Firestarter. Ooh. What about you? Uh, uh, or is it Marauder, Archer, or Rifleman? But uh, you know yeah. what? I—that's that's just my my cut cut and paste answer. But actually, what you said, I totally agree with. I've in like with today's mech release, um, I'm enjoying seeing mechs that I don't expect and that I don't see all the time. So my actual answer besides that is uh, anything, anything new, different. I'm loving seeing every single mech come out. Way to be vague there, Darren. Mm-hmm. All right, George, I mean, I know actually, your experience yeah, is limited. Actually, yeah, well, because, you know, I've been learning more and more about this. Of course, you know, I had my previous experience, but I know some people seem to hate the idea, but I'm, I'd really be interested in seeing some of these these quad mechs, these otter-shaped ones, because when I, when I was looking for a mech to pick for my crew uh, ID that you guys have on the No Guts, No Galaxy, I picked the Great Turtle. <laughs> because because it's basically almost impenetrable from uh, from damage, and that would be perfect for me if I was actually playing the game because I I, I suck at it so bad I could just sit there and get pounded. <laughs> All right, now I want to see that mech. All right, the next question is K Wolf, and he says, "Have any of the unit commanders for the forthcoming MWO realized the potential population average by unit that may be coming?" Even if the numbers are only those showing up from the MW forums, if there were five houses and 50 Merc Corps, what would the numbers be like? What about the 100 Merc Corps? Well, I think we're actually getting a good perspective, at least on the outreach server, when yesterday I looked down and it was first BBR, 
um, that's first Blackburn Raiders, they had over 30 people. I know Death's Head Brigade, I believe I heard a rumor, is like over 100 right now. Um, hand is Death Hand Brigade. No, Death Hand, not Head. My bad. Uh, and anyways, they're rolling with 100 plus, 150. I mean, other units are doing it as well already. What's interesting to me is how many people are we going to be allowed to have in the Merc groups? Is there going to be a cap, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's going to, you know, that could shake things up from what's already being established. Um, I haven't heard any word. So, I mean, now you throw in the factions, you know, if you go off the the major houses, there's going to be thousands upon thousands of people in those. I mean, if you just go over off the number that's currently on the MWO website, there's going to be like... Uh, I mean, there's like 150,000 people registered right now just on the forums. No, 162. My bad. So I would like to see it minimum 100. I'd like to see it over that, though. Um, there are issues like World of Tanks was uh, max 100 in a clan. And um, it was it got hard. You had to, you know, selectively boot people as you brought new people in. Uh, you know, based on how much time they're putting into the game or whatever, and I don't like being constricted like that. I don't. That was a little irritating. And then you're talking about how many battles, how much you're going to have to defend, how you know, like regimented are you going to have to be? There's just a lot of questions. But okay, actually, I think that's a very important question for the devs to start looking at if they haven't already, which I'm sure they have looking at the community and finding out information because I remember in MechWarrior uh, 3 and 4, um, our plans that were rolling around, I mean even when I was in the Kellhounds, I mean we had like 200 plus you know, people, I mean it was insane, like you, there was matches going on 24-7 so yep. now you throw in a planetary system and organization, I mean greedy a, mercs uh Greedy houses hiring mercs. Yeah. You know. All right. Moving on to questions from the live studio. Well, audience. before we get into any detail, does anybody have a question in the audience? No. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, seems that way. No questions? All right, moving on to MechWare Online. Today, we're going to cover a few things. And by a few things, it's a lot of things. First, we have a number seven of the screenshots going live. And, um, I actually like this one. Shows a hunchback being targeted by an atlas. And uh, <laughs> what's the, what's that one doing over to the left of him? Uh, looks like he's. How low can you go? Yeah, I don't know. It's like uh, limbo. What he's mm-hmm. like doing this. Uh, but a little bit more info. You can see the atlas. It's loadout, uh, two large lasers, an LRM-15, SRM-4, and AC-10. Interesting. That's not a... Yeah, is that... What is that? Let's see. This is the RS. But anyways, you can start seeing things You also that... see that uh, Hunchback's loadout as well. It's got two AC-2s and... Oh, yeah. Small laser, two medium lasers. Uh, I mean, so you're starting to see some, looks like, screenshots from the beta, possibly. Um, some info. And, of course... It's Test Lab 05, so I guess maybe it's not from beta. Who knows? But some very cool stuff that they're giving us, you know, screenshots. Yep, yep. 
All right, so we had an official update from Rust today, or well, it was on the 15th, but I read it. And it was actually really interesting because he went in depth here. Uh, he talked about the founders program and the timeline, uh, what it means for you to be in the beta, and then obviously when you have access through the founders program into the beta, what all that means, when the dates are. And there were some changes of dates. Um, and I believe it was... The 17th of July got moved to the August uh, August 7th. And the reason being was there were some uh, hardware things. Some, you know, I mean, obviously they just don't want a premature uh, release when, when they're not ready. So. None of us do, Phil. Well, you know, <laughs> it's good. It's good. You know what can you say? Nice word selection. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he went in to discuss about the European players and I thought this was important and he says yes you can buy the founders package and you won't be blocked from playing on the North American servers but that being said and I have a feeling this is going to have to go in effect really quick because we know how many Europeans Russians, Germans, whatnot, and other ones as well um, that if they have servers set up in your area that you'll have the opportunity to switch over to those so uh, I don't know I don't know feel a little bad not being able to fight other countries but latency issues we all know how that is especially in EVE poor Australians I mean they're like sort of on their own like in their own world man they always get like fucked with every game 56k modem line like of the entire country I think is on them just one they also now can get mature games as of what last week uh, it's you know it's all this like people telling you what you can or can't do on the internet. What the? F- Anyways, um, you can't be you can't be mean on the internet, Phil. Don't be mean. You know, <laughs> everybody's watching. It's not just the man. It's it's like everybody. Friggin' troll. You're a friggin' it's troll. All the men, <laughs> dudes. All right. Um, as the Dev Seven answers are up, and uh, we'll just cover them real quick. I mean, it's Garth. And he's, uh, the question is, will destruction of one or both side torsos result in coring of an Exalt engine? Hmm. And the answer is, as of right now, yes. It may change, though, because at the very least, an extremely bad impact should you lose your torso piece. And for those who don't know, basically, the XL engines, their lower weight, um, usually higher output, but they take up more space. So, for instance, uh, it may take up 12 crit slots and eight of those are in the CT, and, you know, two are on each uh, left and right torso. Um, so right now, um, it looks like that, that will have an impact, and that's actually pretty interesting, you know, whether... Has it been brought up before, whether they're going to have any kind of, uh, you know, mechs going nuke, like uh, in MWLL when the core overloads or whatever? Uh, I don't think there was anything official said about it. I, I was reading something that said that they are not going to be doing they keep saying how the engines don't do that, uh, the, the, the nuclear-powered engines. Now, I, that was just something I read on the, the MWO site, but uh, hmm. don't ask me to point it out to you. George said... You can always go and read the tech manual about how mechs supposedly, um, you know, in lore, operate and how the stack pull effect, as it's mentioned, actually is, is sort of a bad thing that occurred, and it doesn't really actually happen 
per se. Um, Made for a good story. It, it, it's a visual effect, but uh, I know I <laughs> I hate someone going critical next to me in MWLL. It kind of happens too much. Yeah, and I mean, they reduce the percentage. Like, it's actually like a 20% chance of a happy and whatnot, but like, you'll oh, be cool. like, do, 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 and just boom, someone goes up and nuke beside you, and now you're all red and yellow. Yep. Well, Phil, I hate to go critical on you here, but I mean, you know, sometimes you're just getting a little picky about things. <laughs> <laughs> Who invited this guy? I just, he shows up at the party. And he doesn't, doesn't go home. The, doesn't bring any <laughs> beer. He just eats the chips, drinks our beer. Like John Belushi and the thing that wouldn't leave. Stares at our women oddly. Anyways, uh, next question is. That's just what he calls his hand. Yeah, <laughs> you can call it that. G- give me some credit here. There. You heard the barking in the background oh, last do. episode. Hey, Phil, Phil has a lovely girl. <laughs> she will kill you. I wasn't Phil, talking I'm about coffee. Record. I was talking about your dog. Yeah, on record here, Phil's girlfriend is a very lovely girl. She's much better looking than I expected. I was going to say, you you friends with me on Facebook. Actually, I think that, you sent me a request. Yeah, I was going to... I request everybody. I'm a lonely guy. Yeah. Where the hell else do you think I'd be hanging out with you guys? Exactly. Why else? <laughs> All right. Next question is, what's your favorite Crusader variant? All right. Anyway, skipping over that. Are the base capture mechanics based off locations, i.e. stand in the circle, destruction, destroy all these buildings turrets or some combination thereof and Garth answers currently it is a location square actually based one um, but we're tweaking it all the time it'd be fun to mix it up though so what that means is when you go to stand I guess in the enemy or your friend you can see a visual square you know I mean a la world of tanks yeah there you have it um, next question is it possible to get in the battle on so you lost an arm side and not to repair can you go into battle still and roll the tanks you can't and Garth's response is absolutely in fact Dennis did that just yesterday accidentally of course we're working on making the warning system more clear <laughs> oops be that guy. Um, so actually I like that you know I mean I wonder if that'll ever play into game modes uh, possibly even planetary you know like I don't know. Uh, you you could tie it in multiple different ways, but I think that's really cool. You know, it would be cool if there were like like uh, multiple missions. You know, I know uh, the discussion so far is one battle, one planet, or whatever. But if they were to ever upgrade that to multiple missions, and maybe you know for whatever reason you don't have the availability of uh, repairs, then maybe the second, third mission you're going in with some damage and less yeah. ammo, etc. You'd be able to pull a uh, Great Death Legion on the last push at the, at the end of the novel in front of the lake. You know, there's, it's all you have. Yep, but, yep. All right, and then the last one uh, we're about to talk about anyway. So that's it for Ask the Dev 7. Um, and then on to Founders Packages on sale. I have a feeling a lot of our listeners are poorer than they were two days ago. Um... Especially the guys from yeah, Canada. and it's funny because when you go to the forums and you look down to how many viewers, uh, you know, like forum members there are online, because now they're color coordinated. <laughs> it's like, hmm, I wonder who you are. There's only like three veteran people 
Um, so it went live, and uh, there's actually a lot of information going on on the forums directly from Russ as well. There were some issues where you'd purchase it and it accidentally purchased like twice or two different things, and there were they were getting them fixed and everything resolved. But I was actually quite surprised, literally after a few minutes of it being live, how many legendary founders people there were. I mean, you're talking about $120. Great value, though. Uh, for the long run, you guys got to think that this is an opportunity for you to support the project, and they're also giving something back to you. Um, and what that means is them being able to get some currency, you know, some some cash, some... I don't remember really how else to say it. Some backup and revenue going straight. So, well, uh, how do you know what color stands for what? Well, it's uh, color coordinated. At, yeah, it's color coordinated. Come on. Oh, uh, with you, the yellow, the payment page. Doesn't that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> um. So we've got three different ones. The legendary, which is one hundred twenty dollars, um, gives you access to all of the founders battle mix, which. They do look different. They have different loadouts or whatnot. Um, $80 value in-game currency, premium account. And if you actually do the math here, I mean, based off of like what the average free-to-play market is, it's like $10 to $15 a month anyways from a premium account. It's really not that bad. Like if you look at the Elite, it gives you two months premium. So that's around $30 value. They're giving you $80 of in-game currency, which we, we don't know how much that is though we don't know the the translation Exchange. yeah um and then one exclusion um exclusive founders bound i was a, to be honest i felt like maybe the veterans package should give you a choice of one mech and the founder or the elite should give you like two and then legendary four because i feel like well what if you do want to give um but you don't get the bonus of having a founders even you know what if you what if you're not rich i mean like what about the poor people? I am amazed how many more legendary there are than veteran. I mean, there's only a few veterans scattered on there right now. Tons of legendary. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with Darren. That totally blew me away when I was looking over that. I was like, holy I thought it was going to be the opposite. All these people, they are just <laughs> chomping at the bit for this game. And I mean, that's cool. But, geez, you know. So, I will say this. If you Which is support... funny because so many people didn't want to cough up the money to pay to play Mech Living mm -hmm. Legends. We would it would have been like ten, twenty bucks, and you could have had a, <laughs> you'd be all set. Yep. No, we don't want to do that. We'd rather spend one hundred and twenty dollars on a free-to-play game. Explain this to me, guys, please. No, there's no explanation. Hey, if you can help out, and that's what it comes down to. If you can help um, MWO in any way, shape, or can, if you can only afford thirty bucks, do it. It's a good cause, um, and obviously that means uh, they'll be able to develop the game further and longer. I mean, don't get me I wrong, think the solution I totally get the yeah. idea. MechWarrior Living Legends should give people a little gold tag when they post in the forums, if they pay. Clearly there's a draw. I want a gold star sent to me yeah, at I mean, my house. Shit. I mean, well, someone buy me the gold stars, I'll mail them out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't forget the legendary, you get your name in the credits as well. Yeah. Yeah, so Ooh, you know what, I've had my name you know, in a all, ton of game credits, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to move on to mech number 13. To be honest, I had no idea this was coming, and I'm actually quite happy with the end result, the trebuchet. Now, the trebuchet, original TR artwork, um, I always considered it like a... What was that hat? It's like a helmet on Star Wars. Uh, the bucket hat. Uh, yeah, it, there's... 
there's a few references, but the trebuchet just reminded me of just, uh... Reminds yeah. me of a lighter Victor. Yeah, it reminded me of poop. The new design, Ooh. I love it. I think it looks... Uh, it fits the whole style. Uh, you can see that the legs and structure, and this mechanical sense, very similar to the other ones, similar to the Jenner. Yeah, I mean, what's not to love? You have energy and uh, missile. Aesthetically, I like that thing. It looks just awesome. So, I do agree. It is a, a, a much-needed update to that ugly-looking piece of poop. And it gives us an updated nickname for Darren. <laughs> the Trench Bucket. Just yeah. throw that out there. Oh, okay, I, I thought you were going to say poop. That wouldn't have been a very Poop. <laughs> um, I won't so... say what kind of bucket you are, Phil. <laughs> anyway it's very very cool um greg i mean brandon what what were your thoughts i wasn't expecting a because all the rumors on the forums that mech 12 was going to be the last one even though no one actually said anything so mech 13 was a big surprise glad to see the centurions partner the trebuchet i love yep. it it looks pretty i want one all right greg i like the look of it um the trebuchet is one of those mechs, though. It's sort of in a weird space, like why people would pick that over, say, the catapult. Because it's, it's got essentially the same weapons loadout, but lighter. And it's a little faster, but it doesn't have the catapult's jump jets. So, FD's artwork was fantastic, but I think it's an odd choice to include. It's like in terms of the mech menu, if you will. That's one of the things that I don't like about everybody having every mech available. Uh, that's one of the things I love from the books is that sometimes you just get the mech that you get, you know, because it was handed down generation after generation. And I like the idea of sometimes being in a mech that isn't necessarily your favorite. But that's just me. Remember, well, you'll be able to specialize, go down a you know path, be able to if you're it's going to happen you know you're going to have your awesome light medium assault and you know especially the heavies you're just going to have individuals that are just really good in a particular chassis in a particular type and they'll specialize and get even better with them so all right guys we're going to move on to interesting forum posts by the staff and a lot of this has to do with the founders program and uh we're just going to go down here um, the list of a few questions and it's from russ and he's he created a thread specifically to talk to people about the founders which i think is like really awesome i mean you have the president of a game company and he's going to take the time to answer i mean somebody's got to put out the fires because i think people are going what the fuck totally agree that he made an excellent you know strategic well, move there were some good. issues with the purchasing and like issues like that but usually it's just you know given to you know hey billy go take care of this you know like want and here you go yeah but they wanted himself. to add some weight and and you know significance to what was being said and you know if, if this guy is the one telling you then it's like well then it must be true it's not paul yeah. just fucking with us <laughs> and that's why yeah. i appreciate it so some of the questions are are the founders mix customizable the answer is yes what does the premium accounts give and he says the premium account means you'll receive 50 percent more c bills and around 50 percent more xp per match uh, which is about normal. That's, uh, that's how electrical the tanks and the other ones handle it. So if we were to have four empty slots when we buy Founders, when the game starts, will these mechs take up those four slots, start with a full inventory? And he says, no, you'll have the four mechs plus the four empty slots. There you have it. 
Um, IT says for North America, uh, what happens to UK players? And he says, you can spend your MC in short, get all of your founder supports, etc. You stay on North American server. Great. If you have, if you leave and take all your stuff with you, no downside whatsoever. So that's always a good thing and good option. Will the 25% boost on mechs ever decline? No. Possible to upgrade founders packages? Yes. What about the credits for legendary? You get your name in the game credits, and there will be an option in the uh, in there, in the end somewhere to display them. We expect to put your real name in the credits, but also hope to include your pilot name in there as well. So you can keep your alias if that's what you want to go by. And then he says the booster on the mech will stack with a premium boost. Wow, think about that one. Seventy-five percent. Yeah. And then able to give packages. They're looking into it, but not at the moment. And the one thing that you know, I do appreciate and I, I understood from um, well, the tank's perspective, and me and you talked about this in length, Darren, was I got really sort of irritated with premium account or premium tanks, and then basically you could go in there, literally die, and still make currency. I was a little, you know, irritated with that, but on the flip side, I understood it is a business they have to make money and they're you know giving you something and you put money into it so you should get something out of it so it sort of definitely changed my perspective on that yeah at least, i mean i think world of tanks is going to be a little bit more of a i win button type situation because you can buy gold with ammo um this will just be increasing experience and uh and income so it's not so much like well i have a founder's mech so i'm gonna you know kick all your well, asses i'll tell you what the main difference is I can hop in a light mech and I can go kill an assault mech. In World of Tanks, it didn't matter how much I shot with that M2, I wasn't killing that low at all. So that's, I think, one big difference of uh, mech games. So, mm-hmm. All right, and that was it for interesting forum posts by the staff. And we're going to move on to MechWare Tactics, and they have a dev question and answer number six. And here are the answers for you. The question is, will there be anomalies in certain events that impact gameplay, such as uh, dropping onto a planet that experienced radiation storms and atmosphere? And they've considered basically a whole bunch of stuff uh, for gameplay. Basically, it looks like they may implement things like that later on, but really it's just aesthetics, so they're focusing on the main game as well. So... You know, I think that's, I think it's like with anything, um, we have high expectations when in reality they have to create the core gameplay, just like MWO, you know, so. And there needs to be success. I, th- I, th- I think this is a part of the whole new, uh, or not so new, free-to-play genre is that games are being released with basics. If people like it and there's success that follows, then more will be added because they want to keep increasing their player base and making more money. All right. And obviously, you can go that. There's a tweet chat. To, um, is that tonight? Starts in one minute, I believe. Yeah. Oh wow! Ooh. So there's a tweet chat going on as soon as we're about to finish this. So make sure you go check it out. Um, obviously, go to the forums, uh, hit up the devs. They're asking for your opinions and your your questions. I do want to move on to MechWarrior Living Legends now. MechWarrior Living Legends, um, and I had talked to tried to get a hold of Lear, but he's been busier and shit. And the reason why is today, actually just a few minutes ago, the 5.7 final pre-release media and information was released. So we're just going to cover this whole, actually, 
It's not just a little bit. It's a whole lot of it. Now I kept telling people there's a lot of stuff going on in the background, but no, no one wants to listen to Phil. So let's give it the clan direwolf. Yes, for all of you inner sphere freaking heads, the Daishi, whatever. The direwolf. Yes, it's there. The mad cat? Oh, you mean Timberwolf. Yeah, yeah, the Timberwolf. <laughs> you know, it's proper name. Sorry, your targeting systems couldn't, you know, handle the awesomeness that was. The Black Lantern, which obviously you guys knew about. The Stormcrow, aka Ryokin. Uh, the Avatar. Uh, looks like the Chevalier Light Wheeled Recon Vehicle. The Visigoth. Uh, there's so much stuff. And I want to point out something that I talked to the particular artist who did this. If you notice the pictures of the Mad Dog and Timberwolf, anybody notice a pelvic leg change that's more iconic to the original? Hmm. Hmm. Mm. out there. I love it. I was looking at the pelvic area, yes. Uh, of course you were. Are we talking about the Timberwolf? Oh, no. Sorry, I didn't know you were talking about that. Gosh, okay. Um, ton of screenshots. All I gotta say is the Direwolf's a beast. <laughs> no, I, I love right? the Direwolf. One of my favorite mechs. Probably, of all the Assault mechs, the one it just I looks so tough. I, had to... I think that's my favorite picture of the Direwolf. I mean, in all of its core. And you'll notice the camo schemes to all these mechs. Um, I, they, these guys have literally... Um, I've talked to Vlad a few times, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? He's like, I can't talk. I gotta finish. I gotta finish working on this. And I'm like, all right, man. Yeah, it's cool. Um, Seriously, everything I've seen with Mech, with Mech Living Legends looks so good. I mean, it's really impressive. It really is. Uh, yeah. Class. So I'll always wonder what would have happened if they could have ever gone commercial. Uh, I don't know. I guess. It's just such a good engine, it seems like, to use. I mean, it, 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 the, the, the graphics in her outstanding. Visually, and, it and, is. And the, and, the, and the videos that I've seen. Like you guys it's a pain in the ass to work with. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, but but it still looks good. Yes, no one is. that's playing the game cares how much work it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. Um, they also have a video that you can check out. Um, go click it. Give it a give it a watch. I actually haven't watched it because it just came out. So there you have it live. Um, I'm actually interested in going and playing with some of these assets and uh, I've actually played with a lot of these I'm looking forward to playing with some of these assets as well Whoa, MechWarrior Tactical Command I've actually been in talks with Edmund and some of the crew and uh, they were busy at E3 and me and Edmund spoke on the phone and uh, we are going to be getting you guys some more information coming very very soon um, I do know that the storyline they have is actually pretty impressive and they did have you know an author um, to write it and so it was one of those that we actually might be pleasantly surprised uh, what the game has in store for us but we are going to get some information for you soon and uh, we're working on that um, so just keep that in mind I thought that was pretty cool because I think uh, a lot of games movies whatever entertainment um, fall short in the story area and so it's nice to see that they're actually getting somebody who's a professional story writer to work with them yep 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 and then we've got Solaris Assault Tech now I've actually been playing uh, email tag with uh, James over at MacTech about the project and basically they've been super super busy since um, uh, GDC 
and then I believe they were at E3. Don't quote me on that, but I'll find out. Anyways, last uh, they've been helping us out. I sent them let us know when we got a new podcast and whatnot, and they get it up on their website. So, all right, guys. Now some updates. I know a lot of you guys have been wondering what in the fuck happened to the art and contest giveaway. You know, the competition that we hosted like on May 23rd and even extended it. WTF, man. Yeah, we actually have forget it. For the, forgot it. Matter of fact, there's been a reason why we haven't said anything, and the reason being is we're about to go live with the t-shirts, and that's going to be the prize or one of the prizes. And so we're waiting, hopefully, to get that. And so stay tuned. I'll actually be working on that personally, getting up on the website. I do have to say, I already know who the winner is going to be for the art contest. I'm not going to ruin it. But there's one particular person who stuck out and did a particular painting that uh it's gonna be really hard to beat so if you put in you, the... you didn't you didn't let your mom win again did you phil she always no, wins no. i know did it's she... ridiculous and then i think she gives it to phil so that's why yeah, this she is happening a picture of his dog oh that's awesome mom and you know it's ridiculous have a t-shirt. <laughs> hey, actually, along the, the lines of the t-shirt, one of the prizes that we're also going to have, uh, I don't know if it's going for this, uh, Phil, but for whatever it goes for, is the original um, kind of decal of the Warhammer that's going on the t-shirts. So that'll it's be like a... It's a vinyl... <laughs> no, it's like Warhammer. a sticker. It's actually pretty badass. Uh, yeah, it can go like on the side of your uh, your computer case or whatever the fuck you want to do wall. with it. On your dog, even it can go on, on your, your ass. Dog. Put it somewhere prominent. <laughs> but anyways, uh, pictures update again. The uh, the t-shirts. It's just a work in progress, and we actually got the we picked out the t-shirts and uh, the we're basically. Oh, they're gonna be so cool. Yeah, so uh, that should go. I'm not gonna put a finger right on the date, but that should go live within the next, I would say, week and or two. So be ready because I'm ready to wear them and take some pictures and all that. So speaking of you being ready, um, are you ready to work on some people's computers? I know that uh, we talked about that a couple shows ago, but didn't you recently help uh, Gratonimus with some upgrades? I know he was pretty happy with that. <laughs> uh, actually, it was sort of funny. Uh, Arden Swartek, aka Adam, aka Gratonimus. Holy shit, Adam! I mean, really. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those where people come to me all the time, um, like, like you, hey, I got like, you know, 1500 bucks. what can I do, what can I get, or Adam, hey, I've got, you know, 400 bucks. and um, actually what I did last night um, is I sat down with them on here, and this was for me to work on and build for them, uh, unfortunately, I wouldn't mind doing that, but he basically said, hey, I've got this amount to spend, this is what I have, I'd like to upgrade and basically what happens is I look at your budget and I do a AMD build and an Intel build and uh, sit down and if budget is a, you know, uh, an issue, you know, we'll work on it as far as what you can or can't get because of uh, things. So anyways, price to performance. I don't give a shit if you're an Intel or you're an AMD fan, it's price to performance with me. That's what I go for what's best and what's the least expensive and get you the most performance that's what i go for so if you'd like to uh have a new computer built just uh hit me up and we'll talk 
And again, uh, Greg can testify. I can uh, now, Adam, that he does kick ass. Oh, and also Catra. Uh, he knows his shit. Um, you know, he's going to, like you said, get you uh, the best of what your money can buy. And, uh, you know, he's helped me several times. Oh, and Evernight as well. So lots of happy people out there because of Phil. So take him up on the offer. All right, guys. We appreciate everyone showing up for the show. And, uh, Give us a like on Facebook. Give us your feedback. Um, you know, make sure you register on the website, and uh, yeah, let us know what you like, you don't like, what you want to hear more of. And uh, we are well on our way towards six hundred. Yeah, and we're just, you know what? It's one of those things where we're just gonna keep pushing forward. Um, you know, we're here for you guys, and uh, you know. Yep, like that's. Us on Facebook, and we promise never to waste your time by telling you like what we had for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, damn it. That was going to be my next post. Waste your time in other, more fun ways. Exactly. Yep. I mean, we are we are slow but steady. This is uh, show number 34. That's 34 weeks in a row. We've never missed a single show. Um, so we are just going to be persistent and keep growing and growing. All right, guys. This was your local No Guts, No Galaxy MacWare podcast. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show. This is Philip. This is Darren. This is Brandon, also known as Catrick Hell. This is Craig. Ben, this is George. Until next time, Mech Warrior. <laughs> <laughs>